Welcome to PlayEDH Radio 903.1, a podcast brought to you by the PlayEDH Discord server, the world's biggest webcam Magic the Gathering community. In our episodes, we'll discuss new sets, deck building strategies, and much, much more in the world of Magic the Gathering. You can find past episodes, articles about Commander, a link to our Discord, and our Patreon on playdh.com. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Bit of a different kind of episode today, which is meant to be more cozy, kind of laid back, and we're just going to talk about our most recent, recent um, like awesome plays, exciting and maybe not so exciting or disappointing polls, as well as different projects that we have ongoing within Magic. So that it's gonna, we're gonna cover a lot of different stuff, but we're kind of just we're taking it easy today, you know. Um, we're, we're all just, we're all just chilling, man. And it's like kind of like a mental health break episode. There's not a whole lot to think about. We can just kind of run with it and, and see what happens. Hell so. yeah. <laughs> um, so without further ado, let's, let's dive right into that. Um, first off, how are you guys like just in general, how's your summer going? Uh, Sedalio? It's going pretty nice. Uh, I'm currently enjoying quite a long vacation, uh, mainly due to me working in the education field so i get to enjoy long summer break so i think it was like two weeks three weeks ago i started my vacation I, and i still have three weeks to go so i've been taking it easy oh, man. i've been uh enjoying the company of my family uh, my partner and my friends as well so it's been pretty nice and regarding magic uh and other tcgs also uh, i have quite a lot of going like quite a lot of going on and uh, for example, yesterday, uh, from the re- date of recording, we had the awesome Playmax 3 tournament, and it was an absolute blast. I was commentating there for the first round and the first break, so it was an awesome experience. And now, for the next weeks, some TCG stuff booked up, but mostly just like taking it easy and enjoying the vacation. Uh, what about you, Duke? I am very much jealous of your holiday. I just same, finished up a uh, a one week work break, and tomorrow, as of recording, I'm back back to the grind of the day. Oof. As for TCG stuff, um, as you said, we just had Playmax, and I don't know about you guys, I found it a perfectly accepted yeah, tournament. The, like overall, it was super super nice to follow, and the joke is the winner was a guy called Accepted. All oh, right, no way. Yeah, actually, something to mention about Accepted there. Uh, it was so nice that he had like the player cam, and he was a very expressive player. So it was really nice to see all the plays and like gestures they were making. So I really much enjoyed it. And biggest shout out to them if they're listening to this episode. Biggest congratulations, a well deserved win, and the most iconic way to finish it with a tainted pack thus oracle, which were the awesome prizes for the first place. A Odyssey foil tainted pact and the extended art foil thesis oracle yeah you kind of bling out the victory that's that's like winning with style points you know definitely like, yeah. you win with the cards that are that are the prize like yeah that was that's pretty cool even people have their own reservations about thoracle console pact combo or whatever is like a win con but winning the tournament with those cards when that's the prize you're getting that's i'm like okay kudos that's kind of cool <laughs> definitely not to mention we have future events up and coming which i believe the next one what was it the 
Play DH event series or something like that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the high power tournament. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, announced as of now for September 24th. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I've got to start peddling some more of my high decks so I can get people to play them in the tournament and then potentially win with them because I can't play. Yeah. <laughs> You're just sad no one played Shorakai and play Max Free. Uh, there was one Shorakai. Yeah, there was one Shorakai, I believe. Oh, was well, I don't think there was in the meta. In it, if there was, it was it wasn't on the meta game breakdown because I looked and I was really sad. There may have been one that tried to submit, but I don't believe one made it into oh. the tournament. Yeah, I also might yeah. get messed up because I was jamming a lot of Max and I played against the Shorikai, so might also be just my memory memory feeling around. Yeah, potentially. Um, well, for me, in terms of the summer, things are things are going well. Um, I started a new job like a month or two ago, so I'm working a lot um, between between that job and my responsibilities on play EDH. I'm probably putting in like seventy to eighty hours a week <laughs> at, at like quote unquote work, and um, yeah, it's a lot, but. You know, I I enjoy it. I enjoy the new job. I enjoy everything I do with PlayDH and for PlayDH. So all in all, it's a good say, time. It's got to be fulfilling to do all those sort of hours. Yeah, it is. It is. And I mean, hey, and this is basically my favorite part of the work week is recording with you guys. So this is, uh, yeah, it's it's great. Summer's going, it's going good. It's going to be wrapping up soon, and my kid's going to go to school. So for the first time, um, exciting. So kind of looking looking Scary forward prospect. to that. Yeah, it is. I'm actually low key terrified. <laughs> but <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's let's kind of get into our first little topic here. Um, this is gonna be the the plays. We're gonna discuss some of the most memorable recent plays we've had in EDH. Um, I'm I'm pretty eager to hear what moments you guys have encountered or or run into. So, um, Duke, why don't you start us off with something that's that's happened to you recently in a game? Um, not so much that there's happened, but more so a deck that I've finally gotten to work out properly. So I've had a brew, a Naya brew for a while of uh, Krak and Sidar Kondo. Oh yeah, I remember that. Okay. As a the low power goblin tribal. So spicy. For the longest time. I've always had issues with getting red sources. So at one point I just said, to heck with it, I'm going to overhaul the entire land base. And now I have a field of the dead list. Oh. Oh. oh but I think shoot. all but five of the lands don't give me red. <laughs> I'm not running out of red sources again. I'm determined for this. <laughs> and when I next played it, it did not run out of red. Hey, that's that good. worked out. So it was very nice and worked out. Yeah. I didn't win that game, but the deck did what it wanted, and I call that a victory. Definitely. Sometimes that's sometimes that's all you really want too. Like, mate, I didn't win, but I got to do everything that my <laughs> deck wanted to do. That's still a pretty fulfilling like feeling, you know, yeah, when that, that happens. That's how I play. As long as my deck does what it wants to do, yeah, that's I'm also happy. something like yeah. when I've been jamming the max games recently. Uh, if I get to do my thing, even though like max power is. The, well, you can't really say the game length is re- like some games run longer and it's pretty mid-rangey currently, so it's not as much of a like turn one win format in a sense. Although it can happen, and we mm-hmm. we got to see one one turn one win yesterday by Senatoris oh, on the Burgi on the stream, which was like it was it was magical. But 
said I missed out on You can. Oh, this is a good shout out, actually. We do have the uh, video on demand on Twitch. So if you're listening to this, I'm not sure when this comes out. Uh, if it hasn't yet been two weeks, you can still view it. And also it should be uploaded later. So you'll get to enjoy all those spicy moments later. Yeah, I, th- I think we're going to save some of those moments. I, I think I heard oh, some talk about us like pulling some of those like the iconic moments, like probably the win and Senatorius' turn one win because it was just crazy. Um, I think we're going to pull some of those and save them and like keep like archive them or something. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like when you get to do your thing, I think it kind of brings also sparks joy in me and also seeing like other people get to do their thing like even if okay if you're competing for example you can still be a good sport and be like hey very nicely played uh, congrats on the win even if you'd yourself enjoyed winning for example uh, the final pod of playmax i think everyone was still excited for uh, the kenrith uh, accepted to win so overall i think something that is really important in the format is just like enjoying yourself and enjoying the others like you can you can enjoy people succeeding even if it's not you and i think it brings at least to me uh, it brings me joy what about you guys yeah i i'd have to say so i mean there's you know it, it, it's one of those things i think you put it really well honestly i don't know that i can say anything differently or or you know in a different way but um yeah it's it, it there's almost like I don't know, a a, a different fulfilling feeling, like just in a very different way. But I I almost feel like if if I'm in a game and, you know, we're going back and forth and I'm trying to do my thing and somebody else is doing their thing that their deck wants to do and they're victorious. I'm like, we had a really, really good game. We were both going for it and you, you came out on top. Like, congratulations. That's awesome. Good for you. You know, and, and that, that sort of, sportsmanship and camaraderie is is kind of lost sometimes in games that i've seen and um those are those are you know those are kind of rough because it 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 can leave kind of a sour taste in your mouth um but when everybody's on the same on the same page and and happy for each other that they're all you know that we're all in the same space and time playing this cardboard rectangle (laughs) game together and (laughs) you know it's it's um there's a sort of community like there's a camaraderie to it. Yeah. 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 Well yeah. put. Uh, a play I wanted to highlight. Um, this was from a fairly recent Max game. I was playing my dear Tassiger list and uh, I was for- fourth in the pod. Uh, and fun fact, out of the past 10 games, I've been going fourth eight times. So I'm still waiting for those <laughs> days of not playing fourth. But hey, <laughs> you, you just get a roll with it. Uh, but anyway, yeah. so picture this. There's... In the third pod spot, uh, there's a Jora player. And Jora gets to do a turn where they play a dock side out, they get some treasures, and then they start just storming off, they play Jora out, and then they tr- start churning through their deck with the zero CMC artifacts. You play an artifact, you draw a card, you go for a next one, and you keep doing that. So the Jora player is churning out like 15, 15 artifacts or so, uh, cracking some of them like there was a bauble i think and stuff like that and the sensei's top but in the end they didn't find a cost reducer so they couldn't keep like churning through it with the sensei's top and they had to pass the turn in my hand i was holding a model the mixture and i also had praetor's grasp in my hand and 
I was just like thinking through and I was wondering like, I didn't think I'd get to see my turn. Like when Joyra gets to do their thing, usually it spells trouble because they can usually just storm off and win there. And I then just looked at the model in my hand and I was thinking, what can I do here? And I had been contemplating Phantasmal Image and the cut of it in my list for perhaps Gilded Drake. And here I was super happy that I kept the Phantasmal Image, which I had uh, from my sideboard of my high power Thassa. And I transmuted the model the mixture. I was at five mana. So I used three of it to transmute and I found Phantasmal Image. I used the last two mana I had mm. to cast the Phantasmal Image. As you can probably guess, there was the dock side out <laughs> And I just knew that I had to go for it, and I casted it. No responses. They probably had a jillion artifacts. Yes, too, right? exactly. And then I, <laughs> when I got to have my own dockside, which Gilded Drake kind of wouldn't have done here because it wouldn't get the ETB, I played the Phantasmal Image, and I got 16 treasures. And oh, then, oh God. <laughs> then I was just like, okay, here we go. Then I went for the Praetor's Grasp, and I targeted, it was an Abdel player, I targeted them and got Adnos from them, and then ended up casting the Adnosem. Then I turned through a good portion of my deck, found Dramatic Scepter, went for the Isaacron Scepter, imprinted Dramatic Reversal, and then got infinite mana and then chained it to Tazigur for the win. And I was I was ecstatic. Like from from the point of like having the five mana and the game looking super grim, I managed to pull the win. So it was it was awesome. That's an impressive line to see. Yeah, that's that's pretty nuts, man. It turns out Dockside wins games. <laughs> Definitely. And Praetor's Grass was a hell of a card, too. That... If only they would reprint Dockside, eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Praetor's Grasp is like in Tassigur also, as you can loop it. If you have the scenario where you don't have, like, you had to forbid and tutor for something, and then you end up exiling, like, Thassa's Oracle or potentially some other win cons. If you manage to get to, for example, Dramatic Scepter, you can then use Tazigur's ability to loop Praetor's Grasp infinitely and just use your opponent's win cons or mill them out. So it's it kind of fulfills multiple purposes and just going three mana for, like, find your opponent's mana crypt and you cast it, it's not bad. So versatile card. Very much so, very much so. So Necro, have you had any memorable place you want to share? I have actually. Thank you for asking. I've had two. Um, <clears throat> so the first one, I'll, I'll save the one I was gonna talk about first. I'll actually do that second because that's also a max situation where I was playing Abdel, which was kind of fun. Um, the first one I'll talk about is actually my my high deck, which I don't know how many people know. I don't even know if you guys know, but my my high deck of choice right now is. Um, Asmodeus the Archfiend. Oh, nice. Um, yes, I am aware of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is a lot of fun. It is it is pretty similar to um, like a Crick deck, like a, a Crick combo deck. There are some differences, though, because the main goal of the deck is getting Asmodeus into the graveyard with something like um, Necrotic Ooze in play. And... A discord outlet, a discard outlet like a scourge familiar. So you can, um, for those who don't know, Asmodeus the Archfiend has two activated abilities, um, and he also has a static ability 
the static ability is obviously not going to happen while he's in the graveyard, which is kind of why you want him there. The um, static ability says if you would draw a card, you exile it instead. And then he has, um, you can pay three black mana to draw seven cards. And then you can pay a single black mana to put all of the cards exiled with Asmodeus into your hand. And you lose life equal to the equal to the amount of cards that you put into your hand. So with him in the grave, you don't have to pay, you don't have to do the second ability because the cards aren't exiled and you can just pay three black to draw seven cards. So strong. Which is sweet. And then with something like Scourge Familiar in play, you can discard a card to add a black mana to your mana pool. So you can, you can go through your entire deck like mana positive. So that's kind of the whole premise of the deck. And then I have a Shuffle Titan in there. And then some other some other outlets for like discarding to deal damage and stuff. But the play that I really, really want to talk about with it um, involves a, a funky little card. You guys might not have heard of it yet, mm-hmm. but it's called Saw in Half. Oh, um, yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> and what I was able to do in a game a few weeks ago was cast Saw in Half on my Bone Miser. If anyone's that familiar. Play. Yeah, if anyone's unfamiliar, it's kind of like a waste not esque effect, but it's for cards that you discard. So if you discard a creature card, you make a two two zombie. If you discard a non creature, non land card, you draw a card. And if you discard a land, you add two black to your mana pool. So with two of them in play, I was able to discard, you know, two or three lands to my scourge familiar and make three mana off of that, and then another like six mana off of the bone misers and you go extremely mana positive very very fast and i just churned through my entire deck like four or five times and then i cast a bunch of spells cast yogg's will to cast them all again and cast the tendrils of agony for a manual storm win just mono black things (laughs) a lot of fun that was probably one of the best times i've had playing magic recently yeah that's awesome to hear um, so in half is is super spicy as a card uh has has multiple uh, uses it's gonna be yeah go ahead as so, soon as that card comes out it's gonna shoot straight up it's such a powerful card it's already it high is. up in terms of its pre-orders yeah it's, it's like um, 10 20 ish something like that yeah i almost want this is i almost want to break my rule about not pre-ordering cards just for that because i have a feeling that it won't it's not going to be it's not going to be that for long i think it might be an exception to the rule that cards go down Depends shortly on after the release run of infinity in its circulation i suppose yeah 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 um so the second play that i want to talk about and as i mentioned this was i was playing um abdel in uh in max abdel agent of the iron throne my world gorger at home deck Hell yeah. which is a lot of fun. <laughs> um, so one one card that obviously everybody's aware is really strong, Urza Saga, has provided me in, in the Abdel deck as well as in my Shorakai deck with some really, really great lines to victory because of that, that third chapter. You know, the trigger goes on the stack. If nobody responds to it, you go get the card and it just goes right into play. There's no other opportunity to, like, stop it after that. So in this Abdel this game I was playing, um, things really weren't going my way for a lot of the game. Luckily, it was at a much slower pace, though, because of some stacks that I had in play. And 
I, I ended up drawing Urza Saga at one point, and I'd had um, Ariok Salvagers in my hand, but not the other piece, not the Lion's Eye Diamond is the other piece. So I was kind of like, wait, you know, biding my time for Urza Saga to tick up on its chapters, and the turn before it was going to hit three, I cast the Ariok Salvagers. Nobody had any 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 interaction because I don't know if it was just because they didn't have any or the stacks in play was kind of limiting them, but yeah, it it resolved and they were like, oh no, we die here, and I was like, no, no, it's okay, I don't have it. You guys don't worry about it. And I just passed turn and I was like, surely this is not going to survive, but if it does, we're off to the races. Mm-hmm. And it got all the way around. You know, nobody had anything to say. So on my upkeep, I cast Silence. And everyone was like, um, okay. <laughs> I was like, all right, draw. Um, Urza Saga trigger. And someone in the pod goes, oh, no. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, yeah. And I went and got the Lion's Eye Diamond and good old-fashioned Barber Man combo to end the game. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was the first time I'd actually used that combo in a game to win with. And um, I was like, yeah, this is this is nice. This is comfy. <laughs> That's awesome. Like, it's it's actually pretty interesting, like, how silence and how higher power ADH has evolved with the addition of Boseidru. And, like, in yeah. that scenario, for example, even with the silence active, if there was, like, a Boseidru uh, onto the Salvagers, uh, things could go still south. But overall, if you're... Oh, yeah. Like, silence is such a nice card where when you play it you kind of force them to either counter the silence itself or they they can't say anything to the follow-up so it works as just like one mm-hmm. mana have to force out the interaction or you get the win so it's it it's awesome and the art is super cool it's one, it's yeah. one of those cards i'm surprised as cheap as it is hmm, with, with how prevalent it can be in most power levels i think it should be higher up there yeah yeah, but hey, I'm not complaining. I got a couple of them oh, because they're not. affordable. Like you know, it's we're we're good. We're good. Keep it right there. <laughs> Play EDH is excited to announce the upcoming Play EDH event series with our high power tournament. This high-power tournament is the first of many planned events featuring our much-appreciated patrons and their decks across all power levels competing for the title of Event Series Champion and, of course, an amazing prize pool. The Play EDH Event Series will feature a rotating prize pool. The tournament winner will be given the glorious Event Series Champion Discord role as well as two choices of awesome card prizes such as Double Master's Dockside Extortionist Packfoil, Boxtopper Ancient Tomb, Boxtopper Demonic Tutor, and many more. The top four will each get Play ETH Event Series playmats and each of a Foil Winoda, Edged Foil Gave, Edged Foil Chrome, and an Edged Foil Armix. You can find more specific information on the Play ETH Discord. We invite you to attend our inaugural event on the 24th of September. Sign-up form for the tournament will only be available on our Patreon page. Um, Alright, so moving on here a little bit. Next up, we're going to talk about pulls. Uh, Double Masters came out just, what, two days ago, officially? And from, you know, from the date of this recording. And I know that 
you got a box, Duke. Mm-hmm. Um, how was it? Have you opened it yet? I think you did, right? I I I have opened it. Yes, it was an okay box. I didn't get any of the big heavy hitters out there. Nice. What I got was a lot of value. I definitely made enough for the box. Don't know if I made much else beyond that. But I got a bunch of the staples like City of oh, Brass, nice. a Force of Negation, a Teferi's Protection, Sensei's Top, which I didn't have one before, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> Two foil Aether Vials, which I have no idea what to do with. A foil Surgical Extraction. Uh, oh, Bluff nice. Launch Battle Axe as well. And an old Phyrexian Altar. Yeah, also like free old art emeals. They really want me to make that Emil Convalines or something. <laughs> I, I already have two Celestia decks and two Flicker decks. I don't need a Celestia Flicker. However, the Ooh. real spice came from the collector box I opened, which was a gift from my partner. There wasn't much in terms of the actual cards in there, like the. Because you get a foil latched card in every pack. The first three I had was Anger of the Gods, Fraximunda, and Thousand Year Storm. All decent wow. cards in their own. Ooh. The last one, a mm, foil-edged Renin 6. Again, I have no idea what to do mm. with that thing. I'm going to tr- probably try and offload that as soon as wow. I can before it goes yeah, lower. Definitely. But, yeah, that, that pays for the box itself. Yeah, it seems like you... Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it seems like so you overall, I definitely got enough very, out of like, movable to other formats, like the Aether Vials and then Renin 6 also. So I think you should be pretty pretty in a pretty comfy spot if you decide to sell them so i think i think you shouldn't be like it shouldn't be too hard to move them so very nice to hear that yeah, yeah what about uh what about you sedelio i know you had a pretty pretty spicy acquisition recently yes uh i haven't opened sealed product as much yet, uh, like recently usually what i do is just like buy one booster from each set that comes out just to have like some openings but i believe more in buying singles but aside from buying singles i did buy a fairly sizable collection very recently uh my dear friend sent me a voice message we usually do like voice messages back and forth uh like to discuss that way so he sent me a message and was like one of my friends is currently looking to sell their collection i don't have the use for most of the cards there's stuff like uh, finale of Devastation, some Mistress Bubbles, and I think it was Force of Negation that they were interested in, and were looking to, like, just asking around if I wanted to buy the remainder of the collection, and he was telling me the price that he was approximately getting it for, and when I looked through the cards, I was like, this would enable me to buy, pretty much build whatever I want. So many EDH staples, like, hundreds of EDH staples, including like higher power cards, a lot of shocklands. Like I think it was only three shocklands or two shocklands missing from there, uh, as well as fetchlands. Mm. So that's the main problem I used to have with other colors was that I only had the fetchlands for my Thassa, so blue fetches, and then one windswept teeth for my Arabo. So I do have proxy decks, but still I looked at this opportunity and I went, Let's do this. Like, I knew there was a box still full of surprises, and we agreed on a price, and we met up 
uh, we jumped some games, went through the cards, had a good time, and when I got home, I was so excited to go through it. Uh, Dockside was one of the main attractions there. There was an Ulamog, there was a Mana Vault, uh, the Shocklands, the Fetchlands, other Rainbow Lands like Tarnished Citadel and City of Brass. Uh, what else? Lots of counter spells, Spellseeker. Uh, so many like landfall there was pretty much a tatiova deck intact there and i did introduce my own spice from some of the bits and pieces i used to have in thassa and the most uh, like the happiest thing for me was getting demonic consultation tainted pact as well as hermit Druid there and then i was like i'm gonna build the deck of my dreams now i'm gonna go for the tassiger thing and I know Necro, we have discussed this in a previous <laughs> episode uh, when Hullbreaker Horror and Toxrill were coming out. I know we discussed yep. about those evolution evolution lines from the Tassiger and now I get to enjoy all of that in max power. And uh, pictures would definitely speak more than these words that I'm saying, but just picture yourself surrounded by so many awesome cards and you get to enjoy a box full of like awesome legends you can build around. So I was... I was very happy. Yeah, that's that's sick, man. That's that's one of those things you're like, you kind of ride that high for a while. Definitely getting like this big new collection you can do so much with. Yeah, yeah. I I do have to if my Gain friend is listening like to the this, stuff of dreams. Uh, give the heartiest shout out uh, again for uh, contacting me and arranging the thing. Uh, the prize was uh, for both of us very very satisfying. Satisfying and also this was funny in the sense that essentially the amount that I paid for the collection we had a dual masters trade or a slash uh, sale before that where it was almost exactly the same amount that I sold cards to my friends so it was in the end kind of a trade just without money going back and forth so it was pretty fun <laughs> yeah that's that's sick <laughs> what about you Necro <laughs> have you had any acquisitions trading in my trading card game um yeah kinda I, I had a I had a mail day a few few weeks ago, I haven't opened any actual product since Modern Horizons Two, so it's been a while for that. Um, but I did have a mail day. Some of these cards are are going to be near and dear to your heart, Sedelio. Oh. Um, I I did have I I got like four Will's reversal. I talked about that in the the Baldur's Gate episode that I had a bunch of extended foils coming in because I was very hype about that oh, card. Yeah. Um, I I picked up a couple extended foil Tybalt's trickeries because I needed some. Ooh. But the real things that I was excited about, I mean, I was excited about getting those, but those were kind of on my list for a while. So I was, you know, I was just kind of going through the motions. Hey, I need to get these. I'm handling business. Let's take care of it. But while I was buying those, I did some window shopping. I guess you could say windows shopping <laughs> um, of other cards and I picked up a Locket of Yesterdays, a Spellweaver Helix, and an Extended Foil Escape to the Wilds for my low power. Oh deck, hell yeah! Which was a lot of, which was has been a great time. I put it back together because I haven't had a load deck together in a while. But the Locket of Yesterdays and Spellweaver Helix, along with those, I had a um, a select number of Dragons approaches come in. So oh nice. That's a uh, that's the next paper project much much down the line but i found a i found a couple foil dragons approaches that were like a dollar 50 a piece i've had lots of fun with it uh the best one was imprinting a jessica's wheel 
and then just like going to town with the dragon's approaches but oh man happened to hear that all right uh moving on here to our last section kind of what we want to talk about we're going to discuss our projects in this section we kind of wanted to have a nice chit chat about our most recent and ongoing projects in the, in the world of magic the gathering are there any stories or projects you guys want to share sedelia yeah i'd love to uh as i kind of mentioned in the uh, pool section with the collection purchase i did uh currently i've been jamming pretty much as many max games as i can with my uh self-built tassiger hermit druid list uh i've titled it uh with tassiger evolution druid mainly because it has the eldritch evolution lines for nezahal doxril and hullbreaker horror as well as the hermit druid so kind of a proactive take on Tassiger where you threaten the early wins with the Hermit Druid and it's it's just been awesome to fine-tune and stuff and I started working on a primer for it. Uh, I also made a submission for the database because I noticed there was no Hermit Druid list for Tassiger so I hope it might end up there but we'll see. Uh, I just made the most recent changes today uh, I decided to cut Fate Stitcher, for example, which um, when you activate Hermit Druid, you'll mill your, mill your library because I don't play basics and uh, Narc Moeba is in the list, so you get that one out. Then you have Hermit Druid, and then you just need a third creature to flashback Dread Return for Thassa's Oracle, and conveniently enough, as Tassigur is already kind of the vessel for the Eldritch Evolution Sacrifice fodder, and also as an infinite mana sink, also, since we have our whole library in the graveyard, we can just delve away cards and we can cast Tassiger for a simple black mana. So I found out that like the Fate Stitcher isn't as needed there. So freed up one slot and it's kind of an ever-changing pro uh, process. Currently, I'm thinking if I want to include Gilded Drake there or not. And it's just, been a, it's just been a complete blast to build and play. Yeah, that's awesome. That kind of... Is kind of in the same vein of, of what some of my projects are. Um, but uh, first, Duke, I know you have a lot going on, and I, I'm actually really eager to hear about that. What's What have you got happening right I now? I do have a fair amount of projects going on. As I mentioned in the um, Baldur's Gate episode, I have now finished my first draft of my Jan Jansen modular deck. Oh, nice. I'm hoping oh, to hell, yeah. put that together and get that road tested soon, because they're... There's some interesting stuff that specific thing can do. Uh, did you know Clock of Omens can make him go infinite? What? Really? Are you sure? Well. <laughs> yeah. You just need to turn him into an artifact. You'll make two artifacts, tap them, then you can untap Jan and repeat. Um. Of course you get infinite tapped artifacts, but you can do a lot with that with yeah, other cards. Uh, that's um, that's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Jan Jansen is super. Yeah, there's super some other cool things as well. Too, by the way, like a form bite staff is quite fun with him, from what I can tell. But yeah, I'm I'm eager to get that built and start jamming that one. Another list I've got in a drafting phase is, you know how everyone was hyped up about Miriam. Of course, yes. definitely. Um, there's been a lot of Miriam. Miriam is a very powerful deck, but. There's been a recently reprinted card that I did pull from my Double Masters box that I'm quite happy to have. 
because I'd rather play that as the commander of Team Air Dragons. And that is our preview card, Animar. Oh, yeah. Oh. I have built Animar Dragons. Oh, man. That's, I bet that's a really oh, good time. Nice. Yeah, and I know you've built um, Miriam, or at least you brewed it. I don't know if you I Well, I didn't, I didn't so, build it. I, I printed it. But, yeah. I ah. I love that, and as soon as I saw that Animar was our preview card, I put my mid list back together because Animar was one of my f like very early, early first commanders. So very near and dear to my heart. I was really happy that we got that as a preview card. Yeah, the uh, the alternate art was beautiful. I really yeah. liked it. Uh, what about yeah. Necro? Yeah, what about you, Necro? Uh, you gave the spotlight to Duke for the time being because Duke has a lot of stuff going on. What is the project that you're currently so, working on? So, um, the 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 big overarching project, I would say for me, unironically, is not having a really big project because this is the first time that I have hit a a brewing lull since Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and I know that you guys have heard me talk about it a lot. I went. Like, I was a huge fan of Kamigawa and so many commanders that showed up in that set. And I hit, like, this super crazy brewing frenzy where I brewed, like, 20 decks from that that set alone. And then that just kind of continued oh for every set. Like, I didn't stop, and I was just finding all these new things that I wanted to brew. And I brewed, like, 10 decks from Baldur's Gate. It's just... It's been insane. But for the first time... In a while, um, well, in a while, quote, since Baldur's Gate, which there's a, a whole new set has come out since then, okay? <laughs> that, Give that, me a, that set was just yeah, last but week. A whole man. new set came out, okay? Give me a break. It has to be a while, right? No way we would cram <laughs> sets in like that. But <laughs> um, my, my other two, like, actual projects, though, and it's kind of in the same vein as you, Sidelio. So I'm, I'm maintaining my current um, database list, which actually just got moved to the main page recently a couple weeks ago my shorakai um, polymorph deck and i'm also doing some final tweaks and some final tweaks to my primer for my abdel agent of the iron throne deck affectionately called world gorger at home and i'm going to be submitting that to the database too so Nice. Yeah, kind of maintaining the other list. I've made some small changes and some updates to the primer and then kind of fine-tuning the Abdel list to get it ready. I just I made two swaps recently that were really shouldn't have been in the deck anymore since I've been off of the Razaketh, um Leonin Relic Warder combo stuff in, uh, in favor of a little bit more stacks. So I have a, a, a better, like, mid-game, I guess, or early game to mid-game, so... It's been fun. The changes have been really good too, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm hoping that it makes it onto the database. It's it's a cool deck and it, it definitely works really well. So <laughs> I really want to play with you one day. I did get to play against the uh, deck uh, piloted by another one of our regulars, but I'd love to love to play against uh, the original creator <laughs> of the World Gorge at home. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and I think if I know who you're talking about. Um, He's actually in my DMs a lot, talking about the deck, like, kind of like the gameplay behind it and specific card choices. And he was—he's been really, really happy with the deck. He's—he—he he actually almost brought it to, um, to Playmax, 
but he wasn't able to attend for for something else. He's like, if I could go, I would be playing World Gorger at home because it is it's a blast, and it, it's really it's it's great in general to hear that from people who like enjoy your decks and enjoy playing with them. But he is very much not. Then these are his own words, not mine. He's very much like not really an Orzov combo deck type person like it's the colors themselves i think black is kind of in his wheelhouse but like orzov in general he's like that's not like it's really not my thing i've never really played orzov before never enjoyed he's like this deck might be one of my favorites now because it's so much fun and i'm like oh yeah definitely <laughs> that's awesome to hear and that, that's yeah, a we real are... validation there yeah for sure definitely and uh, we are we're, we're talking of the same person awesome guy and just like overall when you have someone else play your list uh it's when we're talking of like in the context of uh optimizing a list for example uh, having someone else kind of comment on uh, why are you running this instead of this or what's your reasoning for playing this card uh and how do you go about these kind of situations it can be super helpful because sometimes we have that small pet card thing going on with us and sometimes if you want to optimize something for example for a tournament setting you should think of things objectively and not too much regarding like what you feel good about playing although if those cards are like viable for example as they mostly are then that uh, situation is different and of course people pile up their lists very differently so some cards might work for someone's play style rather like over for example someone else might enjoy another card more so i love having those kind of discussions and it's it's awesome to hear someone's commenting on your list so so actively it's it's super helpful to me too at least because i mean shorikai was kind of like my first it was he was kind of like my jumping board into you know CEDH and Max Power Brewing and stuff, and I've really enjoyed it since then. Um, but having someone else like just out there who's playing your deck or something close to it, even if it's not the same one, is I mean it, it's flattering obviously and it's humbling because people you know they like what you do. It's like it's cool, um, but it's also really helpful because especially now since I started this new job, I don't have really a lot of time to play. I played a game. A couple nights ago and it was the first one i got to play in a month and having someone else out there who's playing it and you know they have a great game or they have a bad game and they can message you like hey this this i just did this and this was really awesome and this worked really well or hey i did this and this card was like stuck in my hand the whole time i didn't really like it that much i can kind of take that feedback and i i do this regularly i scroll through like dms from that guy and from there's a handful of pilots now since my Shorakai list made it to the main page. There's a handful of people who've reached out to me over Discord of like playing my list and experimenting with it and you know, they've reached out with some really, really great insight. And I take all that stuff into account when I'm, you know, looking in the you know, looking at making edits and all that kind of stuff. So it's yeah, it's it's great, man. I, I, I really appreciate those people and it's it's kind of opened a whole new world for me because prior to the Shorakai, you know, experience for me or whatever, I was honestly, if you'd asked me before that happened, you know, would you, do you want to play max power? Would you ever make a deck for max power? I'd probably be like, no, I don't think so. Because it was honestly from the outside looking in and granted, I didn't do a whole lot of research into it, but it was a little bit intimidating to me because it just been so long since I played decks at that, like, 
level, that power level per se. I mean, I think the last time I played was like pre um, original partners and <laughs> ever since then I just been mid and I was like, you know what, this it's changed so much. Things are a lot faster, really, really intimidating. But once you get into it, it's not that bad. It's actually a really, really great time. I've, I've, I've had a good time in, in my experience with Max and, and brewing decks and stuff. So I'm hopeful for the Abdel deck that it'll make it onto the database. And um, I'm working on some other Max decks currently that uh, some other ideas that I've had that are yet to be revealed to the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really more than just my brewing folder. On my, they might stay there forever. I don't know how good they are yet, but... <laughs> I have yeah, projects from my brew folder from two years ago. Ooh. So it's just yeah. been sitting there. It's like, maybe one day I'll get to that tiny bones list. Yeah. Probably the not. Dark, the darkest maybe. corner of Moxfield is everybody's brewed decks. Because there's yeah. there might be some, some sleeper hits in there. And then there's some stuff that if you go back and look at it the second time, after you finish brewing at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and you're like, what was I thinking? This is horrible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was... Thanks a lot for sharing and... That was really nice to hear. Uh, I and do ec- like as you said, Nego, to just jump on something you said. Mm-hmm. Mm, I don't have. I've only played Max twice because I've proxied up Max Najila deck, and I still find Max really intimidating. So maybe I just need to force myself to sit down and play a game or two. Yeah, I, I mean, think... go ahead, Stelio. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it can. I understand. It's like. From the outside, it can feel like intimidating because, after all, it's often like high and max power are considered in the world of like competitive EDH. And when things get competitive, you get more, more like generally, you get more emotions in, and people are like more try hard, and you might feel like the atmosphere is more tense. But personally, I've found that like max power is the community, and the players are absolutely awesome. and there can be like when there are situations that someone plays something that someone might consider mean per se you don't have that stigma around because you're you're playing the most powerful decks of the format you're wanting to win the game so you don't run into those feels bad scenarios in my experience as much although like it did of course depends on the players but i'd love to jam some games with you especially if they're like as we were both from the europe uh, many of the games fire up later later for us, so getting some games in during the day would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. What... I think also part of it is you both have your own personal max decks. <laughs> mine is just borrowed. It's not mine per se. And right. that's mostly because I don't know how to build max, so maybe when I eventually do make one that is my own, I could be more into it, but yeah, you know, I, I digress. That, no, Well, that's actually a good point, though, because my my first first foray into max was actually a tassiger neo form list similar to what sedelius when he wasn't on hermit druid but um it's one of the ones on the main database and i was like i like tassiger i like the idea of like neo forming or you know eldritch evolutioning tassiger into something gross like a toxrel or whatever and I did that, and I played like two games with it, and I was like, man, this really just isn't for me. I'm not having a great time. And it was a couple weeks later, Shorakai came out. I went into that whole thing, and now, dude, I'm I'm down to play Max whenever. It's it's a great time because I can play stuff that I have more of an I, not only more of an identity with, but I feel like a more intimate understanding of, and that really helps a lot, I think. But 
kind of going off of what you said real quick, Duke, I think it, it, it is intimidating for sure. Max is intimidating. And you know what? And that's okay. It's okay to be intimidated. And like, that's a total valid thing to feel because it is kind of like a whole new world from, you know, your BC or low or mid power, or even hype. Like if we're talking the difference between max and high there, there, there is some good differences there to, to like bear in mind. And what I, apart from having a deck that you kind of have an identity with and a better understanding of one thing that I've really, I, I feel like genuinely has really helped a lot with max. And as Sedelio mentioned, this might be harder for you guys cause it's Europe and more, more games fire in the evening, but having like a reg, a semi-regular pod to play with. And like, you're kind of playing with the same people, you know, on occasion, usually people have a couple of different decks cause obviously it's all proxy friendly, but there's, there's a handful of regulars on the servers that I've played. I've played probably more like consistently with than in the other power levels. And it's been really, really helpful to me to kind of like, you know, get a different taste of these other players and how they play, but maybe even more so than that, more experience with them and how they play. And overall, you know, as long as it's not like in Playmax or whatever, and even even in Playmax, the the attitude was still pretty uplift, you know, pretty up uplifting. You know, it wasn't mm. super, you know, super serious or whatever. Like even in the winning pot, I think or the final pod, I think one of our judges who was listening in was like these, he actually said this, these people, the, the attitude in this game is very, very positive. And then it was another message. He was like, like dot, 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 dot. They're playing like they're a bunch of friends. <laughs> and I was like, hmm. that's really, really great to hear. And that's, I think a lot of people think of high power or max commander is like this super, a super try hard environment where people are there's not a lot of like banter in games and people are just all about getting to you know getting to their win as soon as possible and that really couldn't be further from the truth in my experience there's tons of you know banter and and people joking around and all that kind of stuff so anyway all of that probably to say play more max try max if you have it because from a converted mid player myself i still play mid but um <laughs> I, hmm. I I love it and it, it's a great time, truly. Yeah, I I have to agree with that. And all of the power levels have their like their best sides and also like the appeals. Like BC, when I f first built my BC list, it was super fun to play because it felt like such a different environment. And when talking of Max, I think something that people can consider like there's sometimes this is something that I discussed with Siggy people might feel like there's not as much expression in max power uh, because you have to be kind of on those best in slot cards but in my experience there's still such a world of expression where you can alter your decks like core functions through the commanders like if you opt to play for example rogrock uh, you can have more explosive starts with like springleaf drum the if you have a commander out you can cast this for free kind of stuff and jessica's will and also if you're playing for example uh, tassiger uh, although it's a sultai list and you're playing some of the strongest stuff there you can still have a unique thing where you can use tassiger essentially for one black and then neo form it into some fatties which you couldn't otherwise play there's like and like shorikai for example it's a really unique commander and and even if you're not playing those like 
oddball things or some 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 stuff that's not, uh, for example, as unique by itself. It's still a wonderful world, and there's lots of ways to pilot. And a lot of this revolves around the fact that you can. There's like more mind games, in my opinion, because you have the threat of like Thassa's Oracle and Demonic Consultation victories. So a lot of the factors that go into the game are like timings, when you activate things, and the round of priority and the pod order overall. So it, it's it's just an absolute, absolute blast to play. And to anyone listening, proxy up a max list, uh, you can check out like the database, for example, for different decks. You can check out our deck check channels for lists that have been approved for Max, and you can then just jump into it and have a good time. And I hope to everyone who feels imit- intimidated, as Necro said, it's valid, it's justified, and you'll still have a good time, hopefully. So just get in there, and if not Max Power, we have the High Power Tournament coming up, so mm-hmm. High is a wonderful environment as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I've and I've got I've for all the max decks I have, I've got probably three high decks that I put together and I'm proud of. So yeah, let's. I'll see you in the I high am power. I'm rather lunch. fond of the high deck that I've brewed with with um Ginny Fay. Oh I yeah. Some more oh yes. In. Yep. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, with all of this that we've talked about, the awesome projects and stories being shared, it is time to wrap up our cozy little corner of the internet here. Um, do let us know on the Discord if you enjoyed this style of an episode, and if you'd like to hear more episodes like this, um, you can find us on the Discord, shoot us a DM, drop a message in the general channel, whatever you want to do, you can find us there. And um, any last thoughts that you guys like to share? Uh, overall, just wanted to say this was it was awesome to get together with this trio again, and I had a really good time today. Uh, that pretty much sums up my thoughts, I think. We had really good lengthy discussions. So just a thank you to both of you and thank you to everyone listening. Uh, Duke, anything you want to share? Not really. I I feel like I still had projects to talk about, but of course I'll save those for another day. <laughs> I've, I've, I've always got projects going on, so oh, yeah. I could probably <laughs> fill a whole episode in with that. Future episode ideas, just Duke talking about all of his decks. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. I'll do it. <laughs> I will do it. <laughs> Well, thanks, thanks again, everyone, for listening, and um, until next time. Thank you for listening to Play EDH Radio 903.1. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a like or a five-star review on your preferred platform. We'd also appreciate it if you could share our show with our friends or on social media. Consider supporting us on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash playedh. If you're already a patron, thank you. Your contributions make all of what we do possible. If you are not already a member, please take a moment to join our Discord. A link can be found on our website at playedh.com. There you will also find articles, interviews, deck techs, and more by members of our staff. Our opening credits music is Meanwhile Beyond, and our ending credits is Accelerated Dimensions. Both songs are by the talented Formless Voyager. You can find their work at soundcloud.com slash formlessvoyager and you can support them directly at formlessvoyager.bandcamp.com. All links will be available in the podcast description.